We get defensive with Tony Salazar, and it's a bit of a homecoming for not one, not two, but three coaches. Baylor Mullins, newcomer to the staff, and of course, Matt Cody, linebacker coach, has been here for, I believe, his fourth season. And now, your opportunity in your eighth season, you get to go home, a place that's really special to you at the University of Mary Harden Baylor. As you kind of reflect on the big win over Trinity and moving into this week, but what is it going to be like to coach at, at your old place? Well, I hope it's not too much, and it obviously doesn't need to be about me. I don't get to play the game. Right. Um, you know, those guys on the field are the ones that are going to be the difference. But it is a special place. You know, I got there kind of in the third year of the program in 2000 and was a big part, me and my classmates, of getting Mary Harden Baylor on the map and starting a program and learning how to win. I left and went on, you know, Coach Cody and, and Coach Mullins, they're the ones that really put UMHB on the map with national championships. It's a special place, obviously, for all of us because we play there. Uh, we all three coach there as well. It's unique that we all play for the same head coach, the same defensive coordinator. Our language and, and the way we lived and learned football all comes from the same tree. And so I think that's pretty special and pretty unique to hopefully be able to put out a quality product out there in front of, um, you know, Coach Fredenberg, um, our mentor, and uh, let him be proud of, uh, of the young coaches he's raised. And building that, what I would call, foundation of a successful program as a player, then keeping that tradition as a coach, and then obviously taking that to Leander and then Leander to here. The totality of your seven years, back-to-back state champions, going into your eighth season, and you look back and go, okay, in a very short amount of time, a school that was really once known for all offense – the marquee is defense. You can tell by how successful a program is by how not necessarily how tough their defense is, but how smart their defense is and how smart they play. And we saw that last week with Trinity. Outside of the physical matchup and bravery, which is what Coach Dodge always talks about, give us your thoughts on how team defense really was a part of the game plan in getting that victory over Trinity. Trinity is a team that will find a weakness and exploit it. Um, if they see somebody shy on contact or shy on physicality, um, they're going to line back up and run the football back that way. And so we explain that to all of our kids all week long. We're all going to be in a position to, to have to make a play. It may just look like a normal tackle to everybody else, but we know that the way they challenge you is um, having to fit up blocks, and there's one guy against the, the tailback, you know, having to make a tackle. And if he doesn't, it's 50 yards later before somebody else does. And so it's assignment football. You can't hide on the field against a great team like that. Collectively as a football team, uh, we tackled very well that night. The toughness and the grit and, and the physical nature with which our guys played was so proud of, of the steps they took to grow up and, you know, be their own team and be their own defense for the 2021 season. Coach Dodge last week during our conversation, you know, called it a bar fight. Mm-hmm. And it almost became one at the end of the game. And I think there's a lot of moments in there where you can say, okay, let's identify the positives, but also let's go in and find those teachable moments. What were some of those teachable moments that you saw when you sat down and watched film on Saturday with the kids and said, okay, we can't do this anymore. This is not how we're going to be. We want to walk the fine line of being the most physical football team on the field without crossing over to where you're creating penalties with late hits or, you know, getting in a skirmish after the play's over with. And I think for the most part, we, we held our own. Uh, we kept our cool. Uh, but there was a couple times in there that uh, I think some kids learned that that's not how we do things. Uh, we play between the whistles as fast and as physical as we can. But when that play's over with, we got to get back up and line up ready to do it again. The discipline it took, you know, when you're in a street fight like that with the football team, uh, they're going to challenge your manhood. You have to sometimes, you know, swallow a tough pill and, and just – realize that you can't retaliate a lot of their penalties went on to help us on the defensive side of the ball 
hard for a running team to overcome a 15-yard penalty. We talk a lot about the goal board with Coach Dodge. It is a feature with his quarterback club meetings on Tuesday, and I think it's a unique analytical way to look at team football. We talked about team defense, and I think of one play sequence. You know, you're up 20 to nothing at that point, and they are setting up what will be four-down territory, and they get, I believe, an 11-yard gain, and then it's wiped out immediately, which would have set up fourth and two. Instead, it's fourth and whatever, and they have to punt the ball away. It's a situation, really, where that ends up in points. So it's not just necessarily, hey, this is what discipline does for you. This is also what can come of it, is that you're giving our offense and Cade Klubnick and, and Todd Dodge an opportunity with a buck 17 left to go get another touchdown, which wound up being demoralizing. Because in that moment, they convert that fourth down. If they get a field goal, they have a capable kicker. That in and of itself, 20-3 to three at halftime is a, is a little bit easier pill to swallow than 27 to nothing as they kind of come through the program and they kind of understand the big picture of football and how these tiny little moments can, can turn into points. I think so, and I think it's one of those things we talk about, coaches refer to as the hidden corner of the football game. And that is finishing out the second quarter and then coming out to start the second half and the first drive or two of the third quarter. We've seen success in, in that sequence time and time again in, in, our, in our times here at Westlake. And our kids understand if we can sneak, find a way to get the football back to our offense with a minute or two left, that their whole purpose obviously is to go kill the will. And there's a great opportunity, a great chance at it right there before halftime is to and go in uh, to halftime feeling good about yourself and about where your, where your team's at. And obviously on the flip side of that coin, it's, sending an opponent into halftime with uh, doubt, doubt as to whether or not they can stay in this football game. At halftime, we gather our troops together, and we, we talk once again about starting the third quarter. If we start on defense, we, we take that, uh, that goal to heart because we don't want to be scored on the first goal of the second half. Uh, I think we can use that one goal as a, as a rallying cry for offense and defense. It's, we're not going to let them score in the first drive of the game. We're not going to let them score in the first drive of the second half. And obviously on offense, we're trying to score both those times. Let's talk about special teams because they did come into play quite a bit. When you have a team like Trinity, they're going to get theirs. And 355 yards of total offense given up, second half scores were not that big of a deal as far as a factor in the game. It's certainly something that you want to think about moving forward. And creating situational football is huge for Coach Dodge. I understand that. But I also look at creating situational football with defense and special teams as being a a premium. You've got a rugby-style punt game right now and a return team that seems to be playing with a bit of an edge. I would also say that your kickoff coverage team is also playing with that edge this is our first play of defense technically on the kickoff wherever we pin them back is is where they start their drive use that same mentality when it comes to our, our punting you know hopefully we're not putting much but if we do we need to execute and we need to flip the field and we need to make our opponent go 70 80 yards on us instead of 40 or 50 yards so I think our kids have bought in to the understanding that it's not just another play. It is an important phase of the game. Every opportunity we get on the special teams, we need to make uh, the other team you know, pay for it. When, if they have miscues or if they don't execute, we need to take advantage. And that's where you know, we're hopefully going to you know, see some points out of it or field position out of it that are going to in turn help our defense or our offense. Let's talk about Mansfield Summit because it's a new matchup, obviously a team that you haven't seen before. You know, you kind of look at these two teams on film and you go, wait a minute, that looks like Temple. Wait a minute, that looks like Steel. And then you start creating a narrative for the kids. What do you guys tell them about what to expect from from the Jaguars this coming week? I think athleticism as, as a whole football team on defense and on offense, quarterbacks returning starter, running backs returning starter, starts there with those two guys. Uh, they're going to try to run the football and then they're going to take some shots down the field to their fast and athletic receivers. Um, I think on defense, it's, it's the same thing. It's tremendous defensive end, number four. You'll see him. He's a, he's a heck of a football player. Their defensive uh, tackle, number 44, also a senior. 
uh, quality, quality football players. And then you look in their secondary, and they're going to match up well with, with our skill set that we have at receiver. When somebody has is blessed with that speed and that athleticism, I think technique and execution have to jump to the forefront of you know the important things we have to get done. We need to execute plays. We don't need to have false starts. We need to block and get our hands in the right position and not have lazy feet. As a secondary, stay deep and not let routes run past us and contain the quarterback. And, and I think we do those things against this athletic team. I think we'll be right in the middle of it. A guy like Will Maggid stands out because he's in the two deep, he's in that rotation, but he's found himself on the field at very opportunistic times. And I think part of the key of going into Crusader Stadium and playing a team that you're unfamiliar with is being in the right place at the right time. And that's what Will Maggid has been able to do, being smart in week one on the punt return for a touchdown after miscues on special teams and then being in the right spot for the interception. I, I look at those guys because we always have to remember there was a time where Leo Lowen was a junior. Right. You know, there's a time where Sage Luther was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. This is that time where we're starting to learn some something about who your defensive backfield is. Talk about those guys that, that are encompassing the 2021 and are merging as guys that can really play football for you. Yeah, well, we'll start with Will, obviously. He's right there, I would say, in basketball terms, he's our sixth man right now. He's the first sub in the game. He's not technically a starter, but he is. Every opportunity he gets on the field, he seems to be around the ball and making plays. As a coach, that's what you want. You want kids that are on the field making plays, and for them it helps because we want them on the field more. But he's blessed with some length and some and some stretch to him, which uh, he can cover some ground with his height and with his wingspan. The deal with us, Joe, is obviously they're all young, and they're all it's all first time for all of them. Jax Crockett's uh, younger brother Judson Crockett has been playing corner this year as a sophomore. He's just growing every week. We see instances in practice where it's the first time he's ever been in that situation. And we have to calm for a second and explain it to him so that hopefully when we're faced with that uh, situation in a game, he's seen it, he's lived it, and he understands how to how to react in that situation. Denim Collins, we didn't know how physical of a player Denim Collins was. What he doesn't have in stature, he makes up for it in, in heart and pop on the field. And it's fun to watch him continue to grow. I mean, there's young safeties that got some some quality reps. Ty Ingermeiser uh, is a young sophomore. I think he has a bright future for us. He has arms and legs flailing everywhere out there. He doesn't look as pretty as the seniors, but he's effective. He knows where his eyes need to be. He's in the right place. He understands our defense and where to be. Those things give you confidence to play those kids. Obviously, we're led in the secondary by our two seniors, number one and number 21, Luke Aaron and Carter Barksdale, two guys that just speak the same language and championship defense language. The goal is getting those guys to, to bring the other guys along with them. And they understand that. I texted you late Friday because one of the microcosms that I see as a broadcaster, you know, I'm watching it from a completely different perspective, very similar to the way the fans watch it, but reacting in the moment. At that point, the game was completely out of reach, 34 to 7 in the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, a play that should have ended in a touchdown. You have one of your starters, Will Courtney, just absolutely dethrone a D1 running back. And there is no talent needed for effort. That play at least for the right now, as we get to know the 2021 Westlake Chaparrales, will always kind of stand out to me as everybody who is a freshman on the freshman team, a sophomore on the sophomore team, or even a junior on the JV team, or his teammates, all of those guys just saw what can happen in a 34-7 to game when the care factor is still very, very high. And we talk about a guy like Will because he wound up being the most productive defensive player of the game. Not the biggest, not the strongest, not the fastest, but he can still make plays on a Division One running back. What kind of message does that send as a coach when you have a guy like that making a play at that time when he doesn't necessarily really have to. He enjoys the game. 
validates to us is that he cares so much about his teammates that uh, he doesn't want to see ma- teammates to see him take a lazy step or to, to back off or shy away from contact. I think that speaks volumes to his teammates as to who he is as a player, um, what his intentions are, and that when times are tough, whether we're winning or losing or you know fresh in the first quarter or dog-tired in the fourth quarter, he's giving you everything he has. And Will's kind of an interesting story. The week before, if y'all would have been in our film room, Will probably got critiqued, uh, I would say, harder than most. As he left our field house on Saturday after the Temple game, he probably was wondering as to what kind of coaching he got in that film session. And we use that example for our kids this week. He could have showed back up on Monday with tail tucked between his legs, a little grumpy and a little bit, woe was me. But what he did was the right response, and that's just to come to work. Know that we challenged him because we knew he could be a better player than what he what he did the week before. From one week, you know, getting grilled in the film room on a Saturday to the, the most productive player on the next Saturday. That's the response we want from our kids. And I think Will grew up a whole lot in that week span, and we hope we sure hope he continues to grow. Final thought, Coach, as the assistant head coach here at Westlake High School, I'm sure you, along with the rest of the staff, have some sort of reaction to the announcement that Todd Dodge will be hanging it up at the end of the year. If you can, summarize that moment when he told you it is meaningful because it's a staff that he's kind of built from the ground up, and the majority of it, the lion's share of it, has been here for eight years. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a big-time family. What did it mean to you to hear those words and then what it means to go in day in and day out and try to soak it up to, to have one last ride with, with a guy that is responsible for your success here? The number one reason for our success slash my success here is, is Todd Dodge. Being so fortunate to be able to work with him on a day-in, day-out basis and learn uh, from one of the greatest high school coaches in the history of Texas high school football, I, I don't take that lightly. All the different lessons of being a leader uh, for a community, for a team, for a school, for men in our coaching staff, I try to put all those back in the back of my memory bank and, and keep those near and dear to my heart so when those situations arise, I can pull them out and execute them flawlessly just like he has in the last eight years that I've been here at Westlake with him. It's, it's just been a special ride to see all the different steps we've taken together um, with this team and this program to, to get it to where it's at right now. I truly do believe we have the best football staff in the state of Texas. We all wish Coach Dodge the best of luck in anything and everything that he's going to do from you know after this season going forward. He is Westlake football and forever will be. For me personally, he fills so many roles in my life as a, as a friend, as a mentor. Our personal lives are intertwined uh, probably a little more than a lot of other people's are in, in this coaching relationship that we have. I'm going to miss the heck out of him. I know he's going to always be there for me you know, personally, professionally, and he's always going to be a phone call away from me. And, and I can't thank him enough and Elizabeth, his wife, enough of their friendship, their love, their support. Hats off to a Texas high school legend. Been our job for the last month and a half to to make sure this is the best year of them all. We're working that way. Our kids are working that way. You know, not wishing away a day of work because we know that Friday night will be the the third game of hope the last 16 games that I'll get to coach with Coach Dodge. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. We are enjoying the heck of every single second we get together. He does it the right way. He does it with loyalty, with class. He does it with humility. Coach, as always, thanks for the time and good luck. Yeah, thank you so much.